What is the name of this song? Uh, I think it's Why Cry is the official name on Extreme Music. Is that right? Yeah. Why Cry? Because it's another episode of The Amazing, The Illustrious, The Incomparable Sims and Lefko Podcast. It is episode 124. Oh, man. We've really done, like, we say this all the time, like 200. Oh, I prepped for 25 today. Ah, typical Josh. Stupid little Josh. Thanks for being a part-time producer, producer. God. Uh, Yeah, I don't even know if he has that title anymore. Uh, Hold on. So it was your anniversary last night. It was. Congratulations. Mazel Thank tov. you. Mazel tov. 13 years. People were thir- lucky 13. Yep. Baker's dozen of Baby. dealing with Sims. Uh, people around the office were wondering, man, Sims is a romantic. What does he do for his anniversary? Because typically the year, every answer, every year has always been. I don't do anything. I don't do anything. I do everything every day. I do everything every day. No, that's Valentine's Screw Day. Screw Valentine's Day. <laughs> I love that's you. Valentine's I like Day. that, Josh. So then what about anniversary? I don't do anything. Every day Screw is her. anniversary. 13, day, 13 freaking years. All she does is I make money. She spends that crap, okay? okay. That's what she does. She's uh, got a sauna in the guest bedroom. I'm great with her all the time. With a capital G. And she's also extremely picky in particular. So she's the kind of girl that if I bought her like a $1,000 you know, purse, she's going to return it and go get the one she wants. So, so you didn't get her anything. Screw you. Did get you get her anything? Own. They went to a fancy dinner. Chris was just dinner. talking about it in right. the hallway. What's fancy dinner? Uh, fancy dinner. Where are we going? It was a new place called, I always mess this up. Can you look this up, Josh, to make sure? Uh, I think it's the Grill in the Pool. Okay. It's the old Four Seasons restaurant in How New York City. $500 on dinner? It was a lot. It was a more. lot. It was a lot. That's I a just know face. that. I mean, it could have been less. You don't know. But it was a great spot. Half more of it's or less a grill. Than a haircut. Half of it's a grill, which is Carbone, right, in New York City. Oh, wow, and yeah. then the other half is a pool, and it's fish oriented menu. It's really cool. Oh, so it's surf and turf. I just, think it's just called the Grill, Chris. It, it's not great. the Grill and the Ocean. Uh, speaking of love, or the, and the pool. Speaking of love, our <laughs> I guy, don't see any pool. our guy really? Fendrick went to a wedding this oh, weekend. Oh God, it was oh. a lot. Yeah, it was a lot. We talked. Uh, you were up in Rhode Island. I was right? up in Rhode Island. Right. Yeah, it was just a very. It was one of those weekends. So it was just very regimented. We got to be at this. We got to be at that. You got to dress like this. Oh. You got to dress like that. Weddings suck. I was just like, where's the love? A lot of new podcast <laughs> listeners are going to come out of this wedding, though, because basically what happened was so now he's nervous. I would just take back five vodka sodas and then just start talking about the Sims and Lefko podcast and how everyone needs to subscribe. Weddings, so it was a productive weekend. Weddings, to me, are such a waste. For you guys in the future, if you two ever get married, right, or if anybody's ever blind enough to marry either one of you, oh, yeah. is wow. don't waste your money on the damn wedding. I mean, like, tell your family or your significant other's like family to save well, money. What do you need 150 strangers at your wedding I've for? told you repeatedly that my girlfriend's parents listen to this podcast so you can just speak directly to them if you have words of advice josh isn't worth an expensive <laughs> wedding erica's parents <laughs> wow. so anyway. now, now's the perfect time i guess to do a sims raw reaction uh this was sent us to by a t lion oh it is josh fendrick throwing a football wow. uh and i want you to give us your breakdown chris sims i first hold of all on. i just saw the follow-through there the follow-through was nice well you know i watch rogers <laughs> every really to be that's a that was a nice throw. Thank you. Yes, I appreciate really that. It's not like it's a little tight on the take back, but he's probably going to throw good spirals and control the ball every time he throws the Josh ball. Josh like is wearing the outfit that I always imagine. And look at the follow through. The follow through, just like Rogers, opposite chest. Right, that a way to go, man. Look at this yep, guy's little coachable. sidearm, boat shoes, coachable. a button down shirt, and a pair. of I was shorts. at a lobster bake. What did you want me to wear? 
the wedding had a lobster. They had bake. a lobster bake. Yeah. It was right. actually pretty fun. They must be rich, those these uh, people. Yeah. Before, yeah. I, before I go through the 24s, what 24s do you have off the top of your head? Well, the greatest 24 I've ever known is Ken Griffey Jr., friend of the Ooh, podcast. He is. He's, he's the, the greatest podcast. baseball player I've ever seen in my life. That's a good uh, one. I didn't look up baseball today. Barry Bonds was a 24 in Pittsburgh, right? Darrell Revis so. comes to my mind, 24. Okay. Marshawn Lynch, as I'm rattling off more 24s. You're doing well. Um, hold on. There's more. There's somebody there's a, else. I have like literally 70. Uh, Joe Porter did wear 24 at Rutgers. Oh, good old Joey. That's yep. it. I'm, I'm tapped okay. out. Current 24. Oh, Kobe Bryant. Running backs. Devontae Freeman, ah. Jordan Howard, TJ Yeldon, Marshawn Lynch, Ryan Matthews, DBs, Brandon Carr, Pac-Man Jones, Nolan Carroll, Quinton Rollins, Jonathan Joseph, DJ White, Stephon Gilmore, Eli Apple, Brent Grimes, Josh Wait, Norman. You said Brandon Carr? Yeah, the one that's uh, on the Ravens. That's now. his New Jersey. Name. Oh, he's twenty four now. Yeah. Okay, all time NFL guys. Charles Woodson, one of my favorite, most underrated safeties of all time. Adrian Wilson, who played for the Cardinals. And sure, with the he Patriots. was. Beast. He was unbelievable. Beast. Your guy Cadillac. Man, we talked about him. Ty Law. Money. Ty Law. Sean Springs. Oh, my man, Sean. Your guy Dwight Smith. You know it. Delta O'Neill is a name that I hadn't seen in a long time. That is some good names. Michael right there. Huff, Brandon Flowers, Sheldon Michael Brown, Huff, my Texas teammate. Yeah, and I, th- I think I already like. I ever told you my Sean Springs story real quick? No, I just know Sean Springs was always that Seattle corner that was a ninety-seven in Madden. Oh, he's a beast. My uh, forever memory of Sean Springs will be Mike Allstott running over him and stepping on him in one of my last games in Tampa, like really? literally stepping on him as he ran over him. And Sean was a great dude. But I'm in the nineteen ninety Super Bowl down in Tampa, Giants Bills, and playing a lot of you know parking lot football with all the kids in the hotel yeah. all week long, right? And all of a sudden, I'm, one of, the, of course, one of the better throwers, and the big kids love me because I can throw it far, as far as they can. So I'm yeah. the advantage to have the little kid that can throw and not waste them running around. Exactly. So there's this fast black kid running around. I mean, fast as hell. He's faster than everybody there. It's not even close. And I ended up being on his team, and it's just, you know, he just runs deep, and I throw it as far as I can, and he catches it. We're awesome. We're awesome. Yeah. Sean Springs. How was he there? His dad was friends with um, Everson Wall, who was on the Cowboys in the 80s, wow. and Everson was a DB there. But, yeah, just so funny because then we crossed paths so many times later in life to the fact where they came up here and played a Ohio State, played Boston College in a game in the Meadowlands, and he throws his wristbands in the stands, like hits me right in the chest. I catch him. And then we just had all these weird, like, you know, meet, meet and greets throughout our life. Just throughout your life, you and Sean. Me and Sean, we'd end up, I'd be like, damn, what's other. up, man? And we were always, yeah. Sean funny. is a hell of a player. Hell of a player. Great guy. Better guy. All right. So NBA guys, current guys, Kent Bazemore, Buddy Heald, Richard Jefferson, Norman Powell, Rondé Hollis Jefferson, and one of the Plumleys, Mason, because you know there's a million of them. All time, Kobe. Yeah. Rick Barry. Mm. Uh, then some names I really enjoy. Jonathan Bender, Tom Gugliotta. Oh, Gugliotta. Bobby Jackson, the microwave yeah. on the Sacramento Kings. Yeah. Bobby Jones, uh, amazing Philadelphia 76er. Jason Capono. Jamal Mashburn was amazing. Yes, Desmond he was. Mason, Antonio McDice, Andre Miller. And then our, our co worker, Isis, her dad, Spencer Haywood. Rocked. 24. Awesome. That's awesome. 24 is a great number. She just went into the Hall of Fame. She's a good friend of both of ours. It's awesome. You can't, I mean, DB, running back, like just about any position looks good with 24. Speaking of the Hall of Fame, we have the president of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. His name is David Baker. David, my man, welcome. Are you excited? You're closing in on the Hall of Fame game. 
Hey, guys, we are getting ready for the best four days in football at the most inspiring place on earth. I mean, who wouldn't be excited for that? Canton, Ohio. David, I want to tell you something. We actually met you two years ago at the San Francisco Super Bowl, and we came away. I'm not going to lie. We talked about you for weeks. We talked about you before you came on today because you're the biggest freaking human we've ever seen, and I've been around a lot of big ones. Uh, you know what? I have that impact on people, but uh, <laughs> you know, sometimes it's quantity over quality. But the great part is that as president of the Folk Football Hall of Fame, I at least get to represent quality because uh, you know the guys that I represent there are the best football players in the world, the most competitive people in the world, and um, most often some of the most outstanding people in the world. That's undoubtedly true. It's interesting, though. You have a hall that is really dedicated to greatness, and every year when it comes to this time, everyone seems to have an issue with something. It's the voting process. It's it's whatever. What are some of the complaints that you guys are, are thinking about tackling down to make this you know, a perfect process the whole way through? Well, I don't know if you can ever have a perfect process because it's a difficult process. You know, you've had you know, somewhere between 200 million and 300 million guys play this game. you You've only got 5 million that play it in college. There's only 29,000 who've ever been paid to play it, coach it, or officiate it in the National Football League. And of that, right now today, there's only 303 bronze busts in Canton, Ohio, as members of the Hall of Fame. And we'll add seven to that uh, on August 5th at the enshrinement. Uh, so it is not easy. I mean, the way we do it now, and I don't think many people do know how we do it now, but it is a year-long process. We will begin the contributors category and the seniors category. Really, I think the meetings for that are scheduled uh, something like August 23rd and August 24th. So we, we start immediately after this enshrinement, and, and then we kind of go through and work with all of our selectors and of the you know, thousand of nominees, you know, we get it down to a hundred, you know, then we get that down to 25. And, and then finally we get down to 15 modern finalists and we add, you know, three contributors and seniors. And those are the 18 we go into the room with, we call it the room. And that is selection Saturday, the day before the Super Bowl. And I don't have a vote in this process, but you kind of got to be 400 pounds to administer this process. I'll tell you. Yeah, I bet. there's, there are so many strong-willed, opinionated, well-informed media guys. We think that they're the most elite of the mediates. Guys like Peter King from Sports Illustrated or Sal Palantonio from ESPN or Jared Bell from uh, USA Today. Every one of them is incredibly qualified for this. And, and it'll take 10 or 12 hours. And through a process, each one will be voted up and down. And you've really got to get, in order to make it into the Hall of Oh, man. And we lost David. We did. Should we call him back? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to blame Fendrick's phone. I think so. I yep. mean, like, if there's someone to blame, it's definitely not yeah, David. just blame I, me. Oh, I, I wonder, it did sound like he might have been on his cell phone, too, though. Great news, everybody. We got him back. Oh, David. David, um, if, if we're going to act like it was our Josh producer's yeah, phone call. Josh's we'll fault. show you him the next time you, you see him. You can put him in a headlock and like <laughs> squeeze him and bear hug him or something. I think, I think, I think it's my, maybe my fault, guys, here. I apologize. No, okay, no, no, it's no, all right. No, good. No, we're, we're blaming Josh. <laughs> but either way, we're still going to show you who Josh is so you can put him in a bear hug and hurt him one day. That'll be fun. David, the thing I'm interested in, you know, I mean, this is, first of all, just like what's your week like this week? That's what I, I mean, this is the kind of the unofficial kickoff of the whole NFL season. You got the Cowboys and Cardinals coming 
coming into town next week, and of course, all the new members of the Hall of Fame and all the old members of the Hall of Fame. You know, I mean, what is it? Just a total crazy time for you dealing with uh, just all the different personalities and everything that goes on. Yeah, I'll tell you. If you've been to Canton, Ohio, for the enshrinement, there's actually 23 events over 17 days. Wow. Uh, it it kind of culminates with enshrinement week powered by Johnson Controls, which is really, like I said, the, we think the best four days in football. This year, uh, on the Thursday of game day at 11 o'clock, we will dedicate Johnson Controls Hall of Fame Village, and in particular, Tom Benson Hall of Fame Stadium, uh, a brand new, nearly $150 million stadium that is no longer a high school stadium in which an NFL game played. It is a state-of-the-art small venue NFL stadium. Uh, we'll be putting up Mr. Benson's statue and unveiling that at 11 o'clock. Uh, then we'll kick off, as you mentioned, with the Dallas Cowboys and the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, we will, uh, the next day, We there's a number of activities with our Hall of Famers and our board of directors. Uh, but that night, we have the Gold Jacket Dinner. It's just uh, 130 Hall of Famers. Uh, the seven that we're about to enshrine, they get their gold jacket and about 4,500 of your best friends. Uh, it's on the NFL Network. And of course, the game's on NBC. Uh, on Saturday, we have a parade that, believe it or not, is probably the fifth biggest parade in the United States right there. Just our Hall of Famers and the enshrinees. And that night, we have the enshrinement itself, which is uh, broadcast on both ESPN and NFL Network. And then we close out the week on Sunday with what we call the Concert for Legends, which this year is Toby Keith and Kid Rock. So uh, as you can see, it's a lot of stuff, and there's a lot of meetings between meetings, uh, but it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a great kickoff to the 98th season for the NFL. That's uh, future U.S. Senator Kid Rock. That'll be, that'll be good. <laughs> uh, so I got a question for you, David. I know that Chris isn't going to do it. What do I got to do? What do I got to do to get Big Phil Sims in the Hall of Fame? I, I know you said you don't got to vote. Can I can I slip you a twenty? Like, is that going to get it done? <laughs> well, let, let me t- let me tell you how you can nom- nominate him. Does that? You, first of all, you got to nominate him. Okay. Right. Okay. Uh, you send me a letter at the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and he is automatically nominated. We then send that information and any information you send us on Phil Sims out to our forty-eight selectors. They will then vote to get that list of a hundred. And like I said earlier, they'll cut that down to 25 and then to another list of 15. And those 15 will go into the room and be voted up or down to, until they get 80% gotcha. of the Hall of Famer. So, so you could, you could get. You can nominate Phil Sim by just sending a letter today. So, David, if I ask all the listeners of this podcast right now to write you letters nominating Phil Sims and you just like are inundated with letters, is that, is that going to help? Well, I'll tell or you is what, it only it, really it, one? Is it one letter going to get it all, done? All you need is one to get him nominated. We'll say yeah. can do it. But you know what? It probably would carry a little weight with those selectors because they're going to be the ones to make the decisions. Perfect. So and, we're uh, going to get the but, we're going to get the address, and we're going to start okay. we're going to start a real Phil Sims campaign. Because well, if you saw you, that let Super me give Bowl, you the address. Here's the address. Perfect. Twenty one twenty one George Hallis Drive, Northwest Canton, Ohio. Four four seven zero eight. Perfect. What was the street address again? George Hallis. Twenty one George Hallis Drive. Yes. Northwest, Canton, Ohio. Four four seven zero eight. All right, Sims and Lefko faithful. We need your help. The Peter Edwards, the Mark Bajans. While you guys are going for Phil Sims, who I know personally and I think is a wonderful guy. He is. I can tell you the Jets are going for Joe Klecko, and I can tell you that the 
Green Bay Packers are going for Jerry Kramer, and uh, there, it goes on. There's everybody. It's uh, it is a very competitive process. Oh, it, def- it definitely is. Actually, that's where I kind of want to go with this conversation. First of all, I think my dad would like to put Joe Cucko in the Hall of Fame. He says that all the time. So it's interesting you brought him up. But David. Uh, I, I don't know if you can give us names. I mean, listen, they're all Hall of Famers, so they're in there at the end of the day. But do you think you could like let us into some of the best arguments and some of those closed doors meetings for for certain players that got in, and you just remember going, "Wow, that was like a really heated exchange," or you know, a lot of debate. Anything that goes down in infamy in your mind? Well, I'll tell you, we actually have a rule uh, that we don't want guys to talk about what happens in that room, and the reason for it is we want guys to be able to free be free to speak right and to speak their opinion and we don't want uh you know uh, frankly you guys like you talk about it all day long on the radio yep. but if you get in that room we want to make sure you say what you believe and even if it's bad or good um so that the best decision can be made yeah, an, an interesting thing we did this last year up until this last year there were never hall of famers in that meeting right and this last year we added james lofton and dan fouts uh, so it went from 46 guys to 48 guys because the belief was, you know, you, you have to be a member of the media uh, because, frankly, we've got some Hall of Famers who, uh, you know, once they get through the game, they, they you know, they may not be as current as they was. They're, they don't follow it every day. Right. But if you're a member of the media, just like James is, uh, I think for Westwood One and uh, Dan for ABC, um, you know, I mean, these guys are just like you, you know, they're. You know they're uh, they're up on everybody, right? But it's it's I'll tell you guys prepare. Peter King told me once that he does 120 interviews just to prepare for that one day. Sure. And and, and, I, and I can tell you. Let me let me give you one story that isn't really to the room, but I think it will be illustrative of what you were asking about. Right. Uh, two years ago, uh, I think the debate was a little over 10 hours. Um, but Brett Favre was selected really in 10 seconds. <laughs> um, you know, the, the town newspaper generally is the one who makes the initial presentation. And I turned to the guy from the Green Bay Gazette. And he says, hey, I've got a uh, presentation, but do you really need it? And uh, I looked around the room. I said, no, I don't think so. Let's move on. <laughs> That's awesome. And everybody knew. Brett Favre knew that I was going to knock on his door. Right. And, but after I kind of... Uh, I introduced myself and made a joke, and I had a camera crew with me, like I always do now, and knocking on every guy's door. And um, but yet, when I said, "Hey, Brett, um, congratulations! You're coming to Canton as one of the 303 best players, coaches, and contributors of all time." Um, this guy put his hands in his pocket, and he kind of hung his head like a little kid in reverence of that. And we then rush him over to the honor show. And the high part of the honor show is our guys are introduced. And then our Hall of Famers who are in the audience just kind of run up spontaneously on stage and welcome into this uh, brotherhood. Afterwards, there's a press conference. And he's kind of next to me. And as he comes in, I administer the press conference. And I said, hey, how was that for you? And he looks at me and says, are you kidding? I just shook the hand of Roger Staubach. Yeah, right. <laughs> and I would have thought these guys would have known each other. So I said, you guys didn't know each other? And he said, uh, are you kidding? You don't get it. Yeah. He said, I, I, I dreamed all my life of being Roger Staubach. Sure. And he paused for a second. He said, I guess now I'm on his team. Yeah, that's that's pretty so amazing. Even, 
Even Brett Favre, every one of these guys had a hero. Everybody had somebody that they look up to. And what I love about it, what I love about the Hall of Fame is uh, I know you guys, you know, do a great job of focusing on the money they play or the contracts that are made or, you know, their draft positions. But um, in the stories that are told that I hear, both in that room and with the Hall of Famers individually, it is all about courage and character and uh, perseverance and incredible values, commitment of of guys taking care of each other, guys making other guys better, of guys they can rely on. And it's it's good stuff. We call it the Church of Football at the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Um, But it's, it's good stuff. Yeah, I think the interesting thing is you guys kind of were in the news recently, and it was just like you. I think you were just like reading off the statement of the Hall of Fame. You guys were asked about OJ, and the statement was all Hall of Famers are invited to attend the annual enshrinement. He can't get released till October anyway, so it's not a thing. But if, oh, but I mean, he is, it's such a polarizing figure. He walks in and everybody turns. And I was curious, the enshrinement, you talked about being those guys, it's their day being welcomed to the team. Is there any fear that, like, if OJ came, that all of a sudden no one's paying attention to the stage and they're only looking at o- Orenthal? You know, I'll tell you, I don't, I don't worry about it. I think it's a, kind of a, uh, certainly a, uh, incendiary situation and incendiary question, but he hasn't been to the Hall of Fame since 1995, ah. which was the year he was enshrined. Gotcha. Uh, uh, and uh, uh, what was that? Uh, 1985. So, I mean, it's been a long time. To, now, the other thing is, you know, just speaking as a lawyer, once he's released, he's going to be on probation for a while, and you don't just get to leave the state whenever you want. Right. But if he goes through that process and if he has his civil liberties returned, well, yeah, there's nothing we could do to keep him from coming. Sure. Uh, you know, that, I mean, that's the law. But, you know, right now, from the Hall of Fame's perspective, we have nothing to do to take somebody out of the hall. For sure. Once you're elected, you're in the hall. And, and, um, but I do think many of our guys, not just OJ, but none of these guys are perfect. I will tell you that I'm not perfect. Um, but I will tell you, most of them have been, for a certain period of their life, they did something that was so special that they drug a lot of other people with them to a very special place. Mm. And so we focus on honoring guys. Um, you know, is O.J. technically invited? Yes, he is. But he's going to have to get out of jail. He's going to have to get, um, you know, beyond probation. Right. And, uh, and I can tell you that so far he's never shown an interest in coming already. And we want to focus on the guys that are going in. It's Morton Anderson, Terrell Davis, Kenny Easley, Jerry Jones, Jason Tandler, Ladanian Tomlinson, and Kurt Warner. Mr. Baker, we appreciate you so much for your time and your insight on the process. I know we'll be watching that Hall of Fame game in the new stadium. We hope it's done. We hope the field looks great. and We're excited. When we see you on TV, we're going to put that out on our social media and go, this is the guy we were talking to. He's the big baller shot caller. Mr. Baker, we appreciate it. You, you can tell everybody that this is the guy that's going to get Josh in a, in a chokehold. That's Our it. <laughs> that's what we want. Thank you, Mr. Baker. Thank you, guys. I'll be Take looking forward to that. Bye-bye. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Um, yeah, I, want people, I actually would like to see that. I want people to realize he's the I, his fingers were the size of Josh's legs. No, it's not even close. People need to Google him just to look at him. I I mean this in the most respectful oh, yeah. way. Like I've been around some giants in my life. 
and this guy is one of the giants of all time. I mean, he is as big as the Jonathan Ogdens of the world, yes. or a guy that I played at Texas with, Leonard Davis, who was the number two pick oh, in the wow. NFL draft. I mean, Leonard talked like this, and he'd be like, hey, Leonard, can you hear me out there? It's loud. Oh, actually, Chris, I can hear you. You know, your voice is kind of squeaky. It actually helps with the loud crowd. <laughs> <laughs> David Baker, you might know his son, Sam Baker, drafted, I think it was by the Falcons out of USC yes. back in the day. Right. Uh, you know what else was big? The premiere of Ballers. I meant to do this on Monday. I kind of feel like because Ballers is a show about the NFL on HBO every Sunday night, and we're an NFL show, right. we should kind of break it down. Do you watch this show? Negative, Ghost Rider. Of course Rider. you don't. Uh, do you watch this show? That would be a negative, Ghost Rider. Wow. I, li- yeah. I lived that show, foe. Uh, the only thing I thought was, I, was, I didn't want to watch it. And then I went, it's The Rock on an HBO show. He's the number one actor in the world right now. I yes. should watch it. Uh, man, there was a Steph Curry commercial in it that was so I just so want to know what The Rock annoying. is on. I want to know what he's on. Is he's he on, on HGH? Sh- well, no, he's definitely on HGH. There's not like a... You think The Rock well, is on HGH? Yeah, yeah, I just want to know what else he's on with the HGH. It's not like a, it's not a if question. Their humans are not made like that. There's nobody in the know, NFL... Man. He's got that There's blood. nobody in the NFL with their shirt off that looks like Dwayne Rock Johnson. Maybe he's just vegan. Ooh. Whatever he is, but he's taking something else to help out those plants, too. My only two notes on Ballers, if you guys watch, I'd like to know your thoughts. I cannot handle... One of the main characters, who is supposedly is this star player for the Dallas Cowboys, being fat. I can't handle it. Everyone else in this show is jacked, and one of the football players is rolling around looking like me after like a, a Memorial Day brunch. It's right. Insane. I think I know the actor you're talking and about. And then the other one is the dude that plays the GM for the Dolphins is like the worst actor of all time. Not he. Maybe it's not him. Maybe it's the character. Right. But everyone else is talking normal, and it's like, man, what should I do? And he goes, you know exactly what you should do. You should go up there, and t- it's like an Aaron Sorkin character. So better, I mean, this is a Turner-owned event, so you better be careful what you're talking well, they, about. We sh- they, when we put Sims and Lefko on Ballers, it's independent. Stop. This podcast is independent. We oh, say what we want. Are, okay. Because you know what? We don't want to just be a part of Turner. We'd like to be more of a focal point of Turner, like Kyrie Irving with LeBron James. We didn't talk about this on Monday either. You're a horrible it came host. Out that LeBron, well, now, Mondays are more football-related. Yes. But uh, yeah, it came out that Kyrie wants to be more of a focal point. LeBron, then it came out, Stephen A. Smith was saying, I, I'd whip his ass. That's how angry I am. Right. Where are you? Because you like Kyrie and you love LeBron. I do. I'm wearing Kyrie's right now, actually. Uh, in in, in sol- solidarity. No, well, listen, there's one, if there's one negative I don't like about Kyrie, it's the, fan, the fact that he loves Kobe Bryant. That's his biggest mm. downfall as a human in life, is that that. And to me, this is a little bit of a Kobe Bryant-ish type of move. But regardless... I understand it. I get his side. Listen, he's got high aspirations, and he's a driven man, and he wants to be the go-to guy. Uh, but I would also say, man, he's with a guy that they're. I mean, they're they're a team that has a chance to do special things. I don't know if I would ruin that at this point of the career. And listen, at the end of the day, like. Kyrie Irving's not on the same planet as LeBron James. I mean, it just doesn't – I don't really care what you say. Kyrie Irving's a liability on defense. That's the first thing we'll yeah. talk about, right? Kyrie Irving had trouble scoring away from the Cleveland Cavaliers arena all playoffs. Um, so, I don't know. To me, I think he's losing the realistic 
real, just where he's at as a player. I, yeah. I think he's losing the, the sight of that. My first thought was, whoever says I don't want to play with LeBron James, like you just don't hear that a lot. And then I started thinking about with Kevin Durant and the whole legacy thing. Yeah. We started talking about, oh, you know what? If you have championships, it means a lot more. And Kyrie, with what he did in that Game 7 with that shot, was incredible. Yeah. But I started thinking, if you went to a young person today, and I said, Chris, young NBA aspiring star, you're going to get six championships, but your legacy is going to be that of Scottie Pippen. Everyone will always consider you Robin to Batman. I don't think this generation respects Scottie Pippen. Because when Scottie Pippen comes up, they go, yeah, but LeBron, though. Future had sex with Scottie Pippen's wife. He's become like a laughing stock. He really cer- did? Future had in, sex with In his Gucci flip-flops. Really? And what do you think that song was about? Oh, I don't even yeah. know. Don't but know. for me... I think that people look at that legacy and go, "Now nah, I got to do it on my own." Right. Kyrie, I think, has the shot and he has the moment that people will go, "I don't know." Kyrie kind of won that championship because that game was incredible. Sure, he has that moment. Yes. I just think that he doesn't want to be the also ran. I, I, mean, I understand sure. business too. Yeah. Because LeBron runs this shit. Right. I'm and, sure LeBron's a pain to be with all the oh, time yeah. too. I mean, he's listen. He's uh, he's definitely ego and a huge personality and commands and just be careful what you wish for though. Yeah. Exactly right. That's what I would say. You want to go to the Knicks? Well, no, but hold what you wish for. But but yeah, right, exactly right. And uh, you know, I just think, you know, what's wrong with I? uh, I don't know. I'm not like that, so I don't think about it. I'd rather be like, man, we won six championships, where we were in six in a row. Football players are different. They definitely are different. There's no doubt. Football guys, you know, you can't win by yourself. But see, NBA, you're being told why doesn't anybody? So that he feels like I don't know. It just also I just nobody ever seems to take away Kobe's first three championships. He was second to Shaq on all those teams. A lot of people do. I don't hear we'll enough. We'll make though. sure of it. I feel like we're the it's only checks. ones to do. Um, Did you read Howard Beck's article? No. Well, because uh, one of the points that he available made. Available on the BR app? It is available on the BR app. Nice promo. Just one of the points he made was that these teams that Kyrie says he wants to go to, if he goes to Minnesota, he is number two to Carl Anthony Towns. If he goes to San Antonio, they have Kawhi Leonard. So, like, where is he going? I mean, the Knicks have Porzingis, whatever. That's where what, is he going yeah. that he's not next to some another superstar. That's what makes me think yeah, it's a little more personal with LeBron he's, than we He's than, the number 2 leading shoe sales in America. He's more popular than all the guys you named. Are, are, is Carl Carl if power forwards do not get more notoriety than point guards. They just don't. No. And so LeBron, he's the shiningest star. Yeah. And there's the Stephs and there's the Clay. Like Kawhi, I just can't imagine. I think you put the Spurs as one of your teams just to make everyone think that you care about winning. Right. But I don't think he wants to go there. You want to be the focal point and then go to a team that has no focal points? Right. That's crazy. Yeah, that's the that's the interesting part. That's what makes me think it is a little bit more LeBron-oriented. How many Kyrie would... Irvings to take down LeBron James in a fight? Oh. Two. Yeah, two or three. I would say I think three. It's like four. He's scrappy. He's a scrappy New Jersey guy. He, I can't yeah. mess with him. He's scrawny, but he is definitely a Jersey guy. Listen, I'll say this: as much as I love LeBron, you know that. And like I said, I think LeBron. Yeah, sure. He, it sounds like he can be a little bit of a pain in the butt. Yeah. Uh, but like, if I'm LeBron and Kevin Love, and they say we'll trade you to the Timberwolves and we can have Andrew Wiggins back, I'm not so sure they're not a better team. I'm not so sure. The Andrew Wiggins for Kyrie Irving on that team. I'm not so sure it's not a good deal. I wouldn't. I don't know if I wouldn't take it if I was the Cavaliers. That's interesting. 
I mean, Wiggins is going to be surely the better defender. I think the only thing that really sucks is it like further guarantees that the Warriors are going to win again. Fucking a, it does. That's the worst part about it. That's why I was just because I don't think like even if Houston gets Carmelo and it's Chris Paul, Carmelo, and James Harden, it's fun. Yeah, somebody's going to have to play defense in that team I don't, eventually. I don't think that's right. And Golden State can play Spurs. I look at all these teams. It's just another Golden State championship. If he goes to the Spurs, that will. I think solidify the Spurs, and I go, okay, they can maybe beat Golden State. All right, now let's play a game called Are Any of These Blank Noteworthy? Let's start off with if Are Any of These Injuries Noteworthy? Kenneth Dixon, Dixon out for the season with a meniscus tear. Like you know what I thought of right away. Again, this is the thing that goes unnoticed when people take performance-enhancing drugs is their bodies get stronger than their bodies can handle, and then things like meniscus tear, he's four-game suspension. Man, you're just accusing everybody of steroids. Uh, oh, he, no, he was ster- suspended for games? PEDs. Yeah, thank you. And I'll tell you what, when I saw him at the rookie premiere, I went, that's the largest running back I've seen in a long time. I remember nice you saying that. Malik Hooker is on the PUP, tweaked hamstring during conditioning test. Little, little concerning. Okay. Uh... Yes, a little concerning, but Sammy not, Coates. not huge. Sammy Coates on PUP with a knee scope. Yeah, are that's, knee scopes concer- concerning? Yeah, for a guy that can really only do is run and his yeah. hands are suspect and they have a talented receiving core, he, he's in trouble. Dante Hightower is on the PUP. Well, guess what his injury is? Shoulders? Undisclosed. Uh, shocker. Patriots ain't telling us shit. Yeah, Josh McDaniels isn't coming on our podcast either. The, the, the Dark Knight said, forget no. it. Yes. Really? Yeah. What they was, told me they would. How were you told? Uh, I contacted, like, Josh said he would do it. I contacted their PR guy, Stacey James. Took about a week to get back to me. Um, and then he just said, no, we're going to pass it this time. Thanks. <laughs> and I was like, I completely understand. So how, you, how did point. that conversation go with Bill? I, Bill, no, uh, who I, knows? It's just not going to happen. No. Fuck All right. Fuck are, that guy. are any of these contract situations interesting? Dwayne Brown, Texans t- uh, tackle, didn't show up to camp. He's owed 9.4 this year, 9.75 next year. He wants more money. Yes. Is it noteworthy? It is very noteworthy because he's one of the best uh, offensive tackles in football. Is he really? I wasn't sure if he was like above average or just good. No, no, he's good. He really is. And they is. need him, especially with Deshaun Watson yes, and Yes, they that. do. Well, and, and you always need a fucking tackle. I well, hate yeah, right. And, and like, their run good, game. Bad teams need tackles, too. Right. They All right, do. so that could be a big issue. That could be a huge issue, and it sounds like he's going to dig his heels in he's here. He's been and... talking about this for two years. I'm glad. This is what we need as players. Again, I just can't take the fact that... Got, you know, all of it. I still don't even understand the Odell Beckham Jr. thing, but yeah, This good. one makes me laugh. Jordan Matthews. Uh, talk in the building is that he, this is from Jeff Mosher, is that he mispracticed not just because of knee injury, but because he's unhappy with his contract. He has $1.1 million remaining in his last year. Jordan Matthews, second round pick out of Vanderbilt. You mean the Jordan Matthews that hasn't really done crap yet? That drops passes all the time. I, I don't even understand. It's noteworthy because it's so stupid that he's asking for more money. I don't know what to say. It, and it, I'm always on the player side. It literally made me laugh. Yeah, that's comical. But, but it's funny. We are on the side of players if you earned it. Right. We're not, I, not all the players deserve the money. That, uh, no doubt. That's dumb crap. I, I get this uh, every now and then. I've told you. like People like get on me because I might say a negative thing about Trump. And I yeah. just go, it's not about Trump. It's about if you do something dumb, we're going to call you out that on it. That one time. Right. Are any of these mainstream stories noteworthy? 
Uh, the CTE report that came out that 110 of 111 brains of football players were proven to have CTE. I will give you my take and I'll let you give your yeah, take. I don't talk. understand how people are still fucking surprised that if you played football, you're going to have CTE. Right. We've already gotten past that point. Yes. I would like a report that says, here's what's being done about it. Right. I'd like a report that goes, the NFL has paid these certain players. We, we have already learned that the NFL lied to players, former players, and and doctors, and did all this stuff. I don't know if I need any more reports coming out saying that it caused it. I, I get it. I don't get it. You know, and listen, uh, also, do we know the 110 brains or 111 brains? I, I mean, think, a lot of them were donated because they were like, well, they had issues, so we well, got to yeah, donate yeah. them. That right? was, exactly. And that was the so report acknowledged the bias that Thank the you. families donated the brains. Bec- a lot of them did because of the issues they noticed with their family members. Because, I mean, Phil Sims and Roger Stallback and Lawrence Taylor are all walking around and they don't have CTE. I mean, they might be dumb as shit. They might have father, CTE. They might. But that's what I mean. Like, okay, there's going to be a lot of other people in the world that got CTE. So I understand it. Is it concerning? Yes. Is it going to change my mind of whether I'm going to let my little boy play football when that time comes? No, it is not. Again, and the answer is my that he's going to play. I'm going if he wants to play. I'm going to let. You're going to push him to basketball. No, yes, or baseball. No doubt about it. I mean, yeah. that's I'm trying to beat Derek Jeter into his head. Be Derek Jeter. Be Odell, Derek Jeter. did you say Jeter? No, I said Odell. Did you say Jeter? <laughs> and he said Jeter. Uh, I don't think it's going to happen, though. He's obsessed. I, I just think it's so funny we get this feign outrage all the time. I can't believe this. And it's like, y'all, you're still going to get a fantasy But I think the team. point is like what you said. It, it just, at, it, at what point did anybody think running into grown men at full speed was going to be good for your body? I just don't understand I'm, it. I'm telling you, when that cell phone report comes out, that when we held those oh, phones to our gosh. heads with the Wi-Fi and the Bluetooth I put it between my years. crotch all the time. I had three nuts here one I would, day soon. I would recommend not doing that anymore. That's uh, too late. Everybody knows my the, kids phantom, are gone. the phantom phone ring. All of a sudden, your leg starts buzzing. You reach for it and go, my cell phone's on the table. You're exactly right. I do it. I feel it on my thigh all the time. I'm like, is my phone on? Oh, yeah. So when the report comes out, don't be shocked. Go, oh, shit, that made sense all along. I just enjoyed being ignorant and not wanting to know. No doubt. It's okay. That's what you did with football. Yes. I don't want to talk about it. I'm playing because I want to. I know it's not good. Right. Mainstream media, is this one noteworthy? The Lucky Whitehead situation. What? Lucky Whitehead, apparently, this is from uh, Pro Football Talk, sat across from Coach Garrett and said, Coach, you got to believe me. I did not do this. Coach said, I I do not believe you. The story is that there was an arrest made in Virginia. Apparently a man knew Lucky Whitehead's real name and social security number and all the information by heart, gave it to police. They pulled the guy, pulled up Lucky Whitehead's. They didn't look alike, but they went, eh, they look alike. And then apparently he had a warrant for his arrest. The Cowboys cut him because if you remember, he had just gotten to a few other incidents. His car, his dog was stolen by somebody else. He had another uh, lawsuit that he was facing and then when it came out that oh no it actually wasn't him i know he's still cut i mean what happened to the old uh we're aware of the incidents and we're gathering information comment by the team didn't believe him because apparently you know look the cowboys have put up with a lot of shit from a lot of people a lot they put up with David Irving and all of his messes. They hey, put listen. up with Greg Hardy and all These of his messes. These are their See? messes. This is a bunch of bullshit. I hope they get sued by the NFLPA. I like Jason Garrett. You know that. I really do. This situation, human to human, is as fucked up as it gets. I don't really know other way to say it. You're, you have guys all over your team breaking rules and laws and getting suspended, and then... You are not, you're not going to just wait to see. Now, obviously, Lucky Whitehead was not going to make the team. 
he was going to be a guy that they were keeping around for insurance for the Ryan Switzer kid who they drafted yes. out of North Carolina, North Carolina right? And That's we can all say that the better the player, the more slack No doubt get. about it. Right. So that is where it truly bothers me uh, from that stance, that you could just cut a guy and not wait to see what happens. The NFLPA, they better give it to the Dallas Cowboys in this instance. The Cowboys have nobody to blame with all these situations other than themselves. They are the ones that rolled the dice on the Ezekiel Elliotts and the Randy Gregories of the world. Uh, and though all the rumors and everything that was out there about those guys is all coming to tr- true now. So that's, uh, I-, I think, my big issue with it. And there was one other thing I wanted to say about it, but I can't remember well, exactly Well, this leads to another thing right. called Sims text messages. Sims texts me throughout the week. Sometimes oh. Fendrick, I'll get to yeah. it. Gosh. Unbelievable. Uh, Sims text message. He texted me, I want to talk about Jerry Jones on suspensions and comparing Cowboys to Patriots. That's where I wanted to go. Thank you. That's why I read it down. I'm so stupid. The quote was, I really look to them as role models. They deal with suspensions. And what he was saying was, is like, they get suspended. Just like our guys. And they keep winning. This was a under the table shot at Mr. Kraft by Jerry Jones that nobody noticed in my eyes. That's all exactly what it is. He's throwing shade on the New England Patriots going, they got guys getting suspended and they handle it and keep going. They got a bunch of bad characters just like we did. No, they don't. He's trying to compare Tom Brady taking the air out of the football to to the crap that's been going down Actual in Dallas. criminal comments. Yeah, like are you effing kidding me with that comment? So that's a low blow to Mr. Kraft and the New England Patriots because New England – runs their organization at a way higher level than the Dallas Cowboys. Sorry, that's just the fact of the matter. And there's a million instances that I can point to to show you that's the fact of the matter. So, yeah, okay, Tom Brady has that one situation, sure. But, man, Dallas, players and players and players, and just you've had more issues down there. It's a soap opera. It's a show. It's literally like James Dolan being like, you know what? I know there's a lot of turmoil, but iron sharpens iron, and I— I, we model ourselves after the Spurs, and they they change when they need to change, and that's what we do. No, no, shut the fuck up. Right, You're right. not even on the same right. world. Their owner's a douche at times like me. Uh, so we're uh, the same. Sims text message, and this one scared me. I Uh-oh. want to talk about Wentz and limit throws. Mm, yeah. What? That's scary. What do you mean? What did you see? I saw an article yesterday that they put a plan in place to save the arm of the 23-year-old quarterback already. That's effing scary, okay? Uh, Wentz, Carson Wentz, you need to get in contact with the Sims family. We have our eye on you, all of us, my brother, me, my father, and we all think the world of this guy. And I think he could be a really special player. His throwing mechanics are effed up, but he gets it done because he's that talented. What are you seeing that's well, messed I, up? Well, I wish I had the picture from yesterday. I'm going to hold up my history. but Is it the one where he's like holding it back? Well, he had one actually where his arm was up in the air and his ball was like turned out like that, right? Like that's I thought just, he went to a quarterback throwing guy. Well, he went to the guy out in, in California who doesn't teach anybody about throwing. That's, that's just not what he does. So. Yeah, that's concerning to me at this young of an age that you had again another quarterback in for a camp arm too, and we're watching Carson Wentz's throws. These guys should be able to throw like seven hundred balls. Tom Brady, I guarantee you. Aaron Rodgers, I can guarantee you, can throw the ball all day long and not have a sore arm. They can go. Oh, I threw three hundred. Do you balls think today? there's any chance that they're just going? You know what? Why? There's no reason to him. Let's let's also keep it easy on him. Right. And his they were saying, remember, at the end of last year that his arm was getting tired. Yes. And you know, I'm always I'm always cautious of a guy who wears a sleeve on their arm, right? 
And sometimes he holds his arm as if it's aching him a little bit. Like, mm. that's just me, the ex-thrower, who I know I've had an aching arm before. Yeah. And I go, hmm, that looks like he's, like, not really comfortable with it. All right, so we are going to get you on the case. If we can get a Sims-Wentz quarterback club, that would be amazing. I would and love here's that. what's amazing about the BR app and the reason that you need to download it. Just got an alert. The Jets have claimed Lucky Whitehead after the cut from the Cowboys. So Good. he's coming to New York. Welcome here's, to New York. That's why I think, you know what's really funny? If I'm Lucky Whitehead, I'm saying NFLPA, you know what? You know what? I'm good, right? Because I'm going to New York. Yes, I'm now a I'm now a notable name in the NFL about what happened. Right, my name is Lucky, so I'm very sellable in the New York market. And I was I wasn't going to get make I wasn't going to make the Dallas Cowboys team anyway. No, now I can actually go to camp with another team and actually learn their plays. Yes, I think it's it. You're exactly right. He has more of a chance for a career and succeeding with this situation. That's what sucks about the NFL, and that's why I'm always on the player side because. The, this happens all the time. They hold you to the end, you get cut, and you're not on the team. And you know he's not making the team. Like and that's what I appreciate about go. the Eagles cutting Alan Barber and Marcus. No Smith doubt today. about it. That's what a. That's what a. See, that's an ex coach, ex player, yes, Doug Peterson, who's realized like, no, we can't do this guy yeah, the wrong Eagles way. Eagles cut Alan Barber, who was a starter for them last year, but Isaac Samelo is going to be on the offensive line. They're really deep because of all the injuries last year. Yes. And former first round pick Marcus Smith, who we liked as a third round pick, and we did not give them a good grade. He's been cut as well. Go find another place. Yeah. Good luck. Okay. But I think this is the right time to do it. It is the right time to do it. And, and you know, listen again, Jason Garrett. He's pro- you know he was at wit's end with the whole cowboy situation. So he's probably like, yeah, just get him out of here. I'm sick of doing with this crap. All right, let us play a guessing game before we start some bigger conversations. Guessing game number one: Can you name the top selling jersey in the NFL as of today? I know Wednesday, the answer, so July twenty sixth. I will recuse number myself. Number twenty four of the Pitt Panthers. Pittsburgh Panthers. The University of Pitt. Well, no, now he's on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Right. That's, James I don't even Connor. Know, that's his name, right? Can number twenty four. So yeah, an amazing story. Someone that battled through cancer and is now getting a lot of pub. We'll see the kind of impact he has on the field. I think it's a great story. Yes. Who is number two? Tom Brady. Yes. Who was yeah. number three? I mean, he went to China, so that was a killer, I'm sure. Who's number three? Number three. Ooh. Give me a, can you give me a position? Quarterback. Oh, he was a quarterback, too. Damn, I wouldn't have thought about this. Uh, These two young guys were dominating. Mariota. Nope. Dak. Dak. Zeke is five. Dak is three. Marshawn and the Raiders is four. Not gonna lie, of all of the journeys that the jerseys that are listed there, a Raiders twenty four Lynch jersey. I would actually go on like East Bay right. and get a twenty four Marshawn. That that's a guy that I think his first name is more recognizable. Than I just list. oh I want to just read the names again though. You said Zeke. One is Connor, right. two is Brady, three is Dak, four right. is Lynch, five is Zeke, and I remember that six is Von Miller. I would only get a Zeke or a Brady jersey. The only ones I'm getting. I'm not getting Zeke until all this shit passes over. Uh, Number two, how many total wins does Derek Carr have in his career against playoff teams? This is from this is a thanks Reddit. I saw this on Reddit. How many total wins does Derek Carr have against playoff teams, including the playoffs? Man, they beat the Denver Broncos two years ago, late in the year in Denver when Osweiler was quarterback. I'm going to say three, two. 
In the entire car era, the Raiders have a 2-16 and record against playoff teams with both wins coming against Brock Osweiler. Uh-huh. 2015 against the Broncos, 2016 against the Texans. Right. It's interesting. It is interesting. Here, what, what were you going to say? No, that, it, it is. It's just, oh, here we go. Wait, I want to see. I've, I've been trying to find this for you. The Carson went, oh, damn it. That's not the picture I was All right. About, uh, so another thing that happened, uh, <laughs> much like what happened with Malik Jackson with our comment, a Derek Carr comment kind of swept all over the place where he said Khalil Mack should get 30 sacks next season. His quote was, if he doesn't get held, if they start calling the holdings like they should, he'll get 30. Yes. But I kept reading this interview. And I found a weird freaking Top Gun-esque story between Derek Carr and Khalil Mack. It's a little question. Maverick and Iceman? Little Maverick or and Iceman. And Maverick? Volleyball scene. <laughs> you know funny. what I'm talking about. Here's the quote. He's over at my house talking about Khalil Mack all the time, and we play pool basketball. I guess they should call it more like pool wrestling. We get after it. I stop reading, and I'm on the bus, and I go, It's a good game, though. I do play that. The hell is he about to get into? Right. He says it's more dangerous when it's game point and he's playing defense than when I'm playing defense. He's out there just trying to rip people's heads off. I think that's, that's where the difference is. On game point, you find a lot out about somebody. He's been the one I would say, I have to do absolutely everything in my power. I have to grab his legs. I have to try and rip his hand off. Not really. Don't worry, Raiders. (laughs) Carr continued by sharing a story about Mac finally dunking on him. I told him, hey, man, it's been about 10 times you've been over here and we've played. You haven't dunked on me yet. I've been guarding you this whole time and you can't dunk on me in my house. And so he grabbed the ball and he walked me all the way down the lane and he just slammed it on me. It was quite fun. I mean, you're reading it like it's like an erotic novel. It's like novel. the ambu- ambigu- ambiguously gay duo over here. That's how he's reading His response like was, he, he slammed it on me. It was quite fun. <laughs> all right, Adam. <laughs> I mean, if you see, read it, but do you like see that, how Josh is getting uncomfortable just me reading? It? I'm yeah. not uncomfortable. Yeah, but you are tone. adding like a tone to it. I'm just reading words. <laughs> I'm just reading the words. But do you see how that's weird? Well, I, I get it. Yeah, when you read it like that, it sounds extra weird. I, that's how I read. Yeah, no, it's not how you. That's read. That's not how you read. I've I heard read you that read a lot. very normal. <laughs> I am. Um, <laughs> I'll say I saw the thing about the thirty sacks. I didn't read anything more Don't about change that. Change the topics. Well, no. Did you ever have any aggressive pool wrestling with your football teammates? No, no. I mean, maybe high school wise, pool pool uh, basketball. I mean, it's got to be cool for Raiders fans to know that Carr and Mac like hang out and play pool. Basketball. I don't think you could ask for a better like leaders of a team. Really. Yeah, and then you got Amari who's over there like Amari, you want to play? And he like, like looks he up, just looks at and you, and then looks back down yeah. at his phone. <laughs> yeah, seriously, man. Amari will talk, and then like Amari is going to give. I cannot wait. For the Raiders to make an amazing run to the Super Bowl, and they're down at halftime, and a story comes out after the game that Amari Cooper all of a sudden freaked out at halftime and stands up and goes, We are in this together! We are Raiders! And they're like, Oh, Amari spoke for the first time! It will be. It will be like that. He is. He's kind of uh, a mute that way, for sure. I'll say this, though, about the sack situation. I wrote this in my article uh, that was published today on Bleacher Report. Yeah. I did a good job, too. Deep dive, if you want to know real things that are going on deep in dive, football. Deep dive. But that was one of the things that was most interesting to me about the Raiders. The Raiders were last in football in sacks last year. I don't think people realize that. It's pretty that. crazy. Okay? And within that, two people, they had 25 sacks as a team, and 
two people had 17 or 18 of them, and that was Mack and Bruce Irvin. Mm. So that was one of my big things with the Raiders, evaluating who is going to be that other guy. Because they're not going to be a good defense unless they can. I don't care that they drafted Gary and Conley and got Obi Mel and Bonwu yeah. and Carl Joseph. They're young. They're still going to make mistakes. A pass rush has to help a secondary like that, and that's been a big problem. All right, we have one more for uh, the guessing game. Quarterback battle Vegas odds. Uh, two teams. Houston. That's the best odds. Tom Savage, Deshaun Watson, Brandon Whedon. Who is the favorite in Vegas, according to Bookmaker? Savage is the favorite by just a little. Minus 320. Just pretty good. Yeah. Okay. I think so. Does that mean you have to bet 320 and make 100? No, it means you have to bet 100 to get 320. Sounds great. I would do that. Deshaun Watson's plus 280. Uh, And Brandon Whedon's coming in at plus 4,000. Trevor Simeon, Paxton Lynch. Who's the, the odds on favorite? Hmm. This might be where we make our money. This is a good one. I like, I mean, I think it's going to start the year. I'm going to say it's, I'm going to go with Trevor Simeon barely. Trevor Simeon is the favorite at minus 360. And what's Paxton Lynch is plus 270. Wow. Uh, and that leads us into, whoa, big offseason. Stories that come in the offseason that causes fans to get pumped up about a player, but it's usually overstated and it rarely comes true. Brandon Stokely, your guy. Be stoked. Had a comment on Paxton Lynch. He spoke with Broncos players about Paxton and said, quote, totally different guy. Looks different. I've seen some plays that make me go, wow. See, I'm telling you. Right back at it. By the way, Trevor Simeon will be taking snaps with the first team in practice. Yes. You know what's even more troubling is that Cody Kessler's taking first team reps in Cleveland. Yeah. Tell me how that Brock Osweiler trade's working out, Cleveland. Well, we, I mean, come on. Come on. They tried to deal him out the door like as soon as they traded for him. They thought they were going to get like some money back or some compensation. Now they're stuck with him. Yeah. Good job. Well, it's great. You could just point to him in team meetings and go, whatever you do, don't become that guy. Damn. Feel bad for him. All right, number two for Whoa, big offseason. Uh, we got a new trainer, Ty Montgomery. You worked- weren't reading the Khalil Mack basketball story with this voice. Ty so Montgomery you know. worked with Rashad <laughs> Whitfield. <laughs> Fedrick's so upset. Ty Montgomery worked with Rashad Whitfield, better known as the Footwork King, during the break between minicamp and training camp. Whitfield has become one of the best trainers of NFL running backs in recent years, and a lot of people give him credit for Melvin Gordon's sophomore season. Or you could just realize that Melvin Gordon is enormous and his offensive line was finally fucking healthy. healthy, Uh, Footwork doctors. I haven't heard of these guys. I've heard of quarterback doctors. I haven't heard of footwork doctors. I haven't heard of this guy. And who'd you say went and saw him? Ty Montgomery. Ty Montgomery. Running back slash wide receiver, still wearing 88 for the Packers. And this guy played running back? Rashawn Whitfield. Did he play running back Not in the related. NFL? Maybe he's related to George Whitfield. Josh, did Rashawn, yeah, just give me a, a I mean, I don't re- recall the name. I hope there. it works. Pays off for me, too, Montgomery said. We did a lot of speed ladder drills, a lot of change of direction, a lot of read and reaction. Hey, if you're doing any drills, I'm excited. Yeah, sure. The thing that was interesting for me, though, Montgomery is up to 223 now. Wow. He was listed at 216. Wow. But yeah, don't we- worry, a lot of it's in his chest and shoulders to handle the pounding. Yeah, well, he will need to. It's a different life for him altogether. I've never heard of a footwork coach. Listen, that is better known as a trainer, is what I know in my life. <laughs> okay? These guys are niche. They're and niche. There's, yeah, I mean, there's speed and quickness school. I mean, I grew up in one of the first ones there was in, in the Northeast area. So, yeah, yeah that, that's all good. Good. Uh, other things that, like, man, I was around, like, Ernest Biner in Tennessee with Chris Johnson and Lendell yeah. White. Ernest Biner, some of the clues he would give them on run plays and things had nothing to do with his foot, but to watch for these kind of things with the mm. defense – 
that was some of the most amazing. I stuff saw a I video heard. of Muhammad Sanu today just cranking out ladders and changing directions. It's really insane. He used to go to the speed and quick this place. How fast their feet come down. Yeah. All right, third one. Ooh, he's svelte. Cam Newton showed up at camp at two forty six. Mm. Usually plays at two sixty. Do you wow. like that? I do like that. I do think Cam has lost a step in speed the last few years, which you're going to with the wear and tear and the size he has, the size he is. But I think two sixty might give him an extra step running wise, uh, and just take a little more of the. Wear and tear. Like 246 is plenty big for me to say you have enough armor on your body yes. to take the wear and tear of a quarterback position. And uh, I do think long term it's going to be better for him in general. I'm really interested with the Cam Newton, Andrew Luck thing with the shoulder thing from the standpoint of Andrew Luck not throwing yet. Then he's going to get back into it. And just like all NFL teams other than New England, they're going to yeah. push him in there too fast. And he's going to end up dealing with elbow tendonitis all year long. That would be my call right now. I'll be interested to see if that happens Former Panthers D.C. is now the head coach of the Buffalo Bills, Sean McDermott. He said, you can't be a one-sided coach. Quote, I've had ideas for what I want the offense and special teams to look like. Even though defense comes naturally, you have to get in there. It's an off period for coaches sometimes, but special teams wins games. I love hearing a coach that wants to coach everything. Sure, This has been an issue we've had with Todd Bowles, with Rex Ryan. No one ever gives shit to Sean Payton, but he only coaches one side of the ball. Our issue usually, though, is Sean McDermott, whatever you do, don't stop coaching the don't defense. Don't take your hands off the defense. Right, That's your baby. Right. But, you know, listen, do do the John Harbaugh like he does with the Ravens. Right. He's a part of everything, but he probably gets more into special teams. No doubt about it. Yes, just uh, he, Sean McDermott's a guy that's going to have a wealth of football knowledge. And he's going to be able to tell offensive coaches a lot of things that they're not going to realize because he's going to go, you know, when I play this defense, I worry about offenses doing this to me. And they're going to go, no shit, that's a good idea. Let me yeah. try that. So, I, I Reading just about him and hearing what he's doing and looking at their roster, notch. I think the Bills are going to be a problem this year. I wouldn't be shocked. I think the Bills have... He's got a better defense here than he did maybe in Carolina. Oh, my God. And I think he had a similar quarterback situation in terms of mobile quarterback that he could build his defense to interact well with a strong running game. No doubt about that. That Panthers team was sick. All right, let's get to to the joint practices. That was another one of the things you texted about was, uh, look, the Patriots uh, today announced another joint practice. Yes. They are doing three. They're doing one with the Jags before their first game, one with the Texans, and now one with the Lions. Uh, The Chargers have two. The Jaguars have two. They have one with the Bucks, um, And then the Lions have two. Mm. Um, so I looked at it. The Lions, that's another Patriots kind of disciple Quinn, there. Right. Uh, we know the Texans are doing it. Yep. Um, Patriots. What do you think about Doug this? Doug Marone is from the Bill Belichick school right. thoughts. I mean, even... Uh, the guy out in San Diego is from that kind of school as well, Anthony Lynn. He's kind of from the Parcells. We, and all we've that. talked about it a lot, so I don't want to reiterate right, talking about how the Patriots steal right, stuff. Right, right. But I would the never... benefit of joint practices is what? The joint, this is where I think people really get thrown off by this. And this is where this is where I know I texted you asking you about injuries with the Patriots. And I have it. So this is where people are losing the brilliance, again, of Bill Belichick because he's really one of the first guys to be a steady believer in these joint practices, right? The biggest thing it does is it saves your team physically because think about this your second your second uh, your backup linebacker right he's got to go in there every now and then and like face the first team offense for real and like okay I'm the starting linebacker I got to play then the next the next the next series or the next uh, period in practice he has to come in and maybe be a scout ta- scout team linebacker mm. for the first team offense right to now where he's doing something that coaches are showing on a card but he's still got to go full speed. He's still got to take guard guards on. So you're not getting tired or having to do that scout team period of the practice because 
there's another team over there with the new right. defensive guys. So to me, that's where I was interested to see where it went with it. I know that's where Bill thinks it breaks up the monotony of camp. He always talked about that, right? Just, that's to me is the other thing is those like the talking to the team has to get stale. Yeah, the talking to the team, blocking the same guy day in, day out, yes. seeing the same three defenses day in, day out, all that all gets old. But the biggest thing is is I think he thinks it's the best way to rest his players so they're fresh mm. going into the season and getting quality. So you rest. asked, so football outsiders have a stat called adjusted games lost. Now these are for the whole season. These okay. are not just for preseason yeah, right. injuries. Okay. But the Patriots were the eighth healthiest team in the NFL last year. They were 29th last year. Hmm. It got it was interesting because I started looking at all the teams that have had injury problems the last two years. Cincinnati, oh excuse me, excuse me. Chicago, San Diego, Washington, Buffalo, and San Francisco have all been bottom ten the last two years in injuries. Yeah. So I look at those teams and go, okay, they could, they should probably be more healthy. Right. Um, you know what the thing I thought about with those teams, as you just said it, uh, Chicago, San Diego, Washington, Buffalo, San Francisco. Other than Buffalo, there, I mean, lack of physicality and big people on your defensive line and even your offensive line. Chicago's got a decent offensive line, but that was the first thing that jumped off to me. Not yeah. the most physical teams. And the last then I years. look at at these teams: Cincinnati, Philly, Seattle, Atlanta, and Carolina. Mm-hmm. Apparently, have been relatively healthy the last two years. Yeah, I don't know. It's tough to read into any of that. It's crap. tough to read into it, no doubt about it. But I think we could all say Seattle's always aggressive on the football field. You're right. Carolina Panthers are always aggressive on the football field. So to me, that's where. It's the old adage. I know a lot of people out there playing football. The most physical team usually comes away the healthiest. That's yeah. just the way it is. All right, let's do Lefko Media Management. Big guys doing weird stuff off the field and how I would spin it. Julio Jones lost a diamond earring in a lake, fell off a jet ski, hired a dive team to scour Lake Lanier looking for the jewelry. Apparently, it's just a forest under there. Apparently, they found it, and he stuck it in his suit, and he said, I never found it. Because it was worth $150,000. His quote to the local TV station was, as long as I'm good, it's materialistic stuff. You can always get that kind of stuff back. If I spoke that way about something that cost $150,000, I'd be the happiest person ever. My advice from now on, the jet ski mask. It keeps everything protected, plus no one knows it's you, mm. and it's a new trend for our, our Instagram site, House of Highlights, the oh. jet ski mask. Oh, that's interesting. How about just take your freaking earrings off? Unbelievable. I mean, I mean, I, I was always amazed at the guys. It's like people that wear hats on a roller coaster. <laughs> right. That's what I do but when I get on But it's a $150,000 hat. Earrings I just off. take my earrings off. Yeah, it's easier. Earrings off, piece and chain off. Yeah, yep, you actually ready. have expensive things. I do. I do mean, you- hopefully he's got that insured. Uh, if a, you hired a dive team, I'm going to say he probably he probably didn't, yeah. right? I know that's that's unbelievable. That must have been some quality diamond though to be 150 thousand dollars. Speaking too. of lost jewelry, David Irving tweeted after training camp practice on Tuesday, "I lost my nipple ring during practice today." Man, my advice: Why are you wearing nipple rings at all? Is there a large contingent of men that wear nipple rings? Hey, I no guilty. What? what a, <laughs> What about on your team? Did you have nipple rings over the years? I don't recall one. What does a nipple ring mean? I don't know. The people that always had nipple it's rings suspect. to me were the guys that were the early matures in junior high and high school that had like the frosted tips and the puka shell necklace that were like, I'm a BA, bro. Like, I'm a badass. Like, I got my nipple ring and like, I do backflips off the dock. <laughs> 
I'm just doing. I'm out here doing backflips. Yeah, off like the, the dock. skateboard kind of guys. Those yeah. kind of people. Yeah, certainly. Those are the ones in my I got, area. I got sensitive nips. I'm. I'm not doing that. I, there's no way. I got my ears. It just makes once. me question David Irving more. Yes. It's a it's a definitely a red challenge flag out I there. I want to apologize to any of our loyal listeners that have nipple rings. Looks like you got something to I'm say. I'm just so confused. Uh, and uh, future offensive rookie of the but year. But why can't you take your nipple ring off before practice again, too, when you know you're going to be jabbed in the chest by Zach that? Martin? Do you, do you like take it and pull it out and put it back in? I don't know. I mean, gosh. We're going to get it's Josh. It's not going to fill in that quick. We're going to send Josh to get a nipple ring to test this thing. Oh, that would be amazing. That would be amazing. Uh, so my pick for Rookie of the Year, Offensive Rookie of the Year, Curtis Samuel. Ooh. It's my pick. That is. His mom dropped him off at training camp. Right. Uh, my advice is you should make her take you every day and then at every interview be like, you know what I had before workout that really helped? Campbell's Soup. They're obsessed with that shit. Lock up that Campbell's Soup contract. Get your mom involved. You're set for life. But that's my pick for Offensive Rookie of the Year. Okay, I think Christian McCaffrey is yes. going to like take all the all the whatever. Right. Curtis Samuel is going to be the one getting all the pop. I, listen, now you know I'm a huge fan. They so. have no third receiver. I was looking at the roster. No, he's 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 the only receiver with speed. Receiver, right? I know. And then Christian's that's my guy. Yes. All right. So speaking of running backs, uh, Emmett Smith was really upset by the running back rankings that came out, and I'd like to talk about this. Yeah. Gil Brandt ranked the 27 top running backs of all time. Emmett Smith was listed. In the Monday morning quarterbacks all-time draft, Emmett Smith was ranked 13th for running backs. He has the most yards for running backs of all time. He has the most touchdowns of all time. Right. He's won three Super Bowls. He's been eight Pro Bowls. His quote was, what is the criteria for the greatest running backs of all time? You need to create the criteria. I don't get overly concerned with it because in the end of the day, eight. he said this, because at the end of the day, 18-355 speak for itself. 164 speaks for itself. It's amazing. What what is your thoughts? Well, why does everybody have to be the best that has the best statistics? First of all, the first thing that jumps out to me is this. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Well, why can, like, quarter... You know, if we said that about quarterbacks, it becomes a very heated argument, right? Like, oh, no, he threw them in the most yards and his completion percentage is the best. He threw the most touchdowns. He's the best. I don't want to hear any more. Blah, blah, blah. But, like, with running backs, nobody... I don't. First of all, I've never heard anybody argue that Emmitt Smith is the greatest running back of all I've, time. I've never heard it in a single anybody. argument. And I mean, it's I've Barry been around... Sanders, Jim Brown, and then sometimes Adrian Peterson sure. sneaks in there. Yes, I have never heard Emmitt Smith. Yes, I mean, I've heard Jim Brown say he would have no problem. I heard him say this to my father. I would have no problem if people said I, Barry Sanders, and Adrian Peterson were the three greatest of all time. I heard that come out of his mouth because there's always though, like Barry Sanders is if you like shifty guys. Jim Brown is if you like power guys. Yeah, Adrian Peterson is an updated version of Jim Brown and Emmett Smith it's unfortunate dude but we we give all the credit to your O-line well yeah he was awesome but that was a great team right I mean just you know again do we not think that like Adrian Peterson or Barry Sanders would have had 18,000 yards if they got to play behind the Dallas Cowboys offensive line for all those years I mean no of course they would he's not better than Walter Payton yes right let's go through it to me when I really look at it yes he's not better than Walter Payton he's not better than Adrian Peterson He's, he's not better than Jim Brown or Barry Sanders. Nope. So there's four. I don't think he's better than Ladanian Tomlinson in my eyes. Ladanian was more versatile. More versatile. What about Curtis Martin? That one's the really close one. What I think they're Jerome very similar. Bettis? I think he's better than Jerome. What Bredis. about Eric Dickerson? <sighs> this is where the debate becomes of longevity. Yeah. But I don't think 
if you took the five best years of both of their careers, I would take Eric Dickerson over. What was over. the peak Emmett Smith for people out there? Because unfortunately, it sounds like we're going to marginalize him as history goes on. Right. But what was the ultimate peak of Emmett Smith? I think ninety-one through ninety-five. How good was he? Oh my gosh! I mean, he was amazing. There's no doubt about that. That's why it stinks that he was on a, such a good team because it does were marginalize his traits? him. His traits were. Phenomenal balance, better long speed than people gave him credit for, but he had phenomenal ability to go through the line of scrimmage, get hit on the hip, get hit on the side, and still stay upright and continue to run. He was a killer. For a smaller guy, too, he's a workhorse. Yeah. And he, he played was a sledgehammer. He always. He did. I mean, I famously. was there at the shoulder injury. And what, talk about the shoulder game. The shoulder game, week 16, 1993 season, the Giants, my father uh, versus the Dallas Cowboys. They're playing the last game of the year at Giants State. Stadium, freezing cold day. One of the f- coldest days I've ever been at Giant Stadium in my life. And they're playing for home field advantage in the NFC playoffs. And the Cowboys end up winning 16-13 to in overtime, but gets hurt on a run where he breaks through the line of scrimmage. Big run. Somebody tackles him because he's going so fast he lands on that shoulder. And that was like the first or early in the second quarter. And he continued to play and suck it up. And the Giants defense was pretty good. And the Dallas Cowboys, it was like I said, it was a cold, windy day. The Dallas Cowboys were having a hard time throwing the football. It's one of the reasons like Troy always brags about my dad because of that day well, in he general. He was able to do it. Yes, because Dallas in overtime elected to kick the football that's how bad the wind That's was. That's how bad the wind was. And they and Jimmy Johnson knew that Troy didn't want to deal with it. So they ended up getting a stop on the Giants, and they ended up winning the game. But Emmitt Smith, all, without a doubt, one of the all-time greats. Yeah, it's just... Yeah, just not one of the three or four greatest of all time. Like, you know, it's... Yeah, is he as good as a... You know, is he as good as a... O.J. Simpson in their prime. I don't know about that. I would say Marcus I would Allen. Take Marshall their, Falk over him. You're right. There's a there's a few guys when you really look at it. You know Tony Dorsett in their prime probably would take him over him as well. All right. So to your point about kicking, that brings us to iTunes reviews, guys. We are currently at two one hundred and ninety three five star reviews. It's freaking awesome. We're gonna do rapid fire with Sims right now to get through these. Sims, are you ready? Yes. Oh, let me get the timer. I am freaking hot. That's what I'm fucking hot. Yes. If you guys hear a buzzing, which apparently uh, Fendrick says is a huge issue, uh, sorry. That's, that's need, not what I said at all, Adam. You need the air conditioner. You're right. misquoting me. Uh, nothing finer than a 49er, five-star, best football insight there is. Sims, why do teams not place any more value in kickers? They actually decide games. That is, uh, there's more value placed on kickers than people would realize. Certainly is. I mean, there's there's talk there in three in front offices all the time, and there's competition throughout camp. Okay, yeah, more than the common fan. It's just we don't talk about it. Except a lot. when they get drafted really early on in the second round, well, you refuse to be crazy, them. right? Uh, Refrigerator, awesome podcast. My husband and I love listening to your podcast. Thank you for keeping us both entertained. Can you give a shout out to my husband? His name is Seth Bruce. What's up, Seth? Bruce? Seth Bruce. Seth Bruce. Bruce. Seth Bruce. Bruce. Refrigerator. Uh, man, Sundiata, back at it again. Big Sims, tell me how you handle it. You said multiple times that Cap had a great message but handled it incorrectly, but never proposed an alternative. Protest, if not uncomfortable to some people, won't spark as much discussion. So I guess what should he have done? To me, I would have started like every media session with like this, what, this main quote or whatever I wanted to throw out there to take notice on. I would make them have to listen to that, and I wouldn't go on to another question until I got to make my five-sentence statement every time I'm in front of the podium or whatever it is. Black people are being treated injustice or with, uh, with injustice, I should say, and you go on from there. 
Um, to me, him, yes, kneeling down, yeah. like I've always said. I've actually just changed my mind. I right. liked what Colin Kaepernick did. Okay. I think we, th- we wouldn't be talking about it if it wasn't happening like this. He also. I would rather him have not done it and be on a team and still talking about it. Mm. That would be my case. Okay. Interesting. He also said, Sims, did you listen to Weird Al? A little bit. I mean, not like on a regular basis, but like. like uh, Any songs come to mind? Yeah, well, uh, hold on. There's a few. Um, What's when he was like popular in the early '90s when I was like 10, 11. Eat it. That's what I was saying. Eat it. What else? There was another one too. What? Amish Amish Paradise Paradise was was a hit. That was hilarious. Uh, Oh, uh, let's go to (laughs) ZWD ninety eight. The Goats bringing that best sports podcast talk twice a week. Seems you believe Stafford was the number three best QB in the NFL. My jaw hit the floor. Yep. How do you have him over Breeze, Luck, Wilson, Big Ben, Matt Ryan, Rivers, and Carr? Right. Um, Well, I have him over them because I think he's better. So that's the first reason why. But no, so I think we. This is it's a good discussion. I understand people maybe questioning me with this. First of all, he's definitely better than Drew Brees. That's not a discussion anymore. Drew Brees is thirty nine. They wanted to draft Patrick Mahomes this year. They didn't even want him. Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson. Listen, really awesome. You know I love Russell Wilson, but I think Matt Stafford right now is in the class with like the Brady and uh, Aaron Rodgers. Let me organize this because I know how your brain works. You look at Brees. Big Ben and Rivers, they're too old and their arm's not as strong as him anymore. No. Luck has been hurt. Carr has been hurt. And he's younger and right. hasn't done it as much. Right. And then the only people left are Matt Ryan, who you don't see as physically gifted. No. And Russell Wilson, you think Matt Ryan's a better thrower of the football. Matt, Matt Stafford. That's what I meant. Yes, Matt right. Stafford. Exactly right. That's how you break those I down. love Carr and Wilson. They're amazing. I mean, they're, they're like justifiably top five quarterbacks of football. But yes, I, you're exactly right. First of all, this is what has to be said about Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford is truly one of the greatest throwers of the football all time, like ever. But the problem is, is he plays in a division with Aaron Rodgers, mm. and he gets overshadowed. But he can win games without a run game, without Calvin Johnson, with an average defense, yeah. without pass protection. He's a phenomenal player right now. He really is. Want to give a shout out to OG Rates who said we had unbiased analysis. Mister Chubwub said it was a great podcast. You guys are awesome. Thank you, Aaron Ochoa. Twenty one. The podcast is the best sports podcast out there. It's not even close. Sup, guys? I'm 18 years old and I'm currently eight days vegan. Sims, do you think college head coaches would ever consider a vegan meal for players if they knew it would boost athletic performance? Definitely would. And I really think as as we go on here and more and more science comes out about it, how we're eating and what we're eating and what's being put into our food, you're going to see more players go because we're seeing more top-notch professionals do this. Burn 48 solid, great insight without most of the media BS. Trent VK, favorite podcast ever. I listen to the podcast within minutes of it, every release and haven't been disappointed yet. A, is Jim Caldwell in a short lease? And B, if he does get let go, is McDaniels in? That's a great question. I would think somebody New England-wise, whether it be Matt Patricia or McDaniels, would be the front runner to get that job, certainly. But I just don't understand why we would say this guy's on the hot seat. He's been to the playoffs, what, two out of the last three years? Yeah. And for some reason, because he's an unassuming, he's quiet, normal guy. Yes. Uh, but he is a good coach that's taken a team that's not the most talented team in football to two playoff appearances. So I, I just wish people would respect him maybe a little more than, than, than they do. David South, this is the one and only podcast I listen to, and I love it. I get all the, the I get all the football athletes and coaches, but when are you guys going to get Joe Rogan on the podcast? Oh, Joe Rogan, he's talking about like the guy that used to do like the Eating crap. So you don't know that Joe Rogan has like the most popular podcast in the world. Joe Rogan, like the uh-huh. guy that used to like he come does. out in the UFC fights he, in between, no, he, and he still does. 
That guy, he has a yep. popular podcast. And he has a stand-up comedy special on Netflix. Wow, I mean, he's good at what he does. I did not know he had the most popular podcast. I thought you were going to bring up Fear Factor. That's what I was trying to say. Yeah. The one where you like you eat. Would you do crap. Fear Factor? Everything except the eating. Yep, that would be him. You wouldn't eat like I always thought the one I thing do I wouldn't all. eat on Fear Factor would be like the bugs with the long legs. Like the, the Fear Factor was always funny to me because I was like, "Whoa, you're scared, but they're not going to let you die, or your family's going to be billionaires. So what are you scared of? Like." All the thing I would be scared of is eating some weird freaking thing. Uh, another one. A, uh, There's a cable attached to me on all four limbs, and I'm balancing across a thousand-foot building. If I fall, I fall seven feet, and AOH the cables get me. Uh, Fear factor. Which players had all the physical tools to be a great football player but just never put in the effort to develop? P.S. Love the show. You guys should do something with the guys from Pardon My Take. Oh. Only thing I want to say about Pardon My Take is they're having Malik Jackson on soon. And I really hope that they give us credit for uh, getting that quote out of them. That would be nice. Because I, I, I actually, I listen to their podcast. I find it very entertaining. I think they do a really good job. But guys that didn't put in the effort that had the talent. Oh, man. It's a tough one because you you're going to call somebody out. Well, I, I, um, I, I, the first guy I thought of was, uh, I'm, I'm hoping I'm not breaking it, bre- messing his name, Jarvis Moss. Jarvis Moss. I don't know if you remember this name. He's a first-round pick. Josh, can you look up Jarvis Moss? I believe it was a first-round pick. Denver Broncos right at the end of the Mike Shanahan regime. Okay. When I got there, I got there with Josh, right? Mike had just been fired. So Josh McDaniels. But Jarvis Moss was a guy that I looked at and had some freaky ability. But the lights went on as far as work ethic and discipline Man. and being detailed just a little too late. And That's then tough. he couldn't recover and, and kind of get his career back in the right way. Uh, Denver Broncos traded up in the draft 2007 with the Jaguars to select Jarvis Moss, 17th overall. Dante Sinfranzi, five-star, great knowledge and side talk. This one's awesome. I've been following Matt Miller for a few years now. Huge fan of his analysis of the NFL draft. It's about time that he had his own podcast. I even enjoy Connor. My favorite snack is pigs in a blanket. <laughs> so he was clearly leaving a review for Stick to Football, which you guys should check out. It's yes. in the Bleach Report network of podcasts. Check them out on iTunes, Stick to Football. Matt, Connor, have good guests. But Dante, thanks Thanks for the five-star review, dude. Uh, Appreciate on? that. We'll take it. And then J.M. Louie, I wrote a note that I had to read the middle here because as you can see, it's very long. J.M. Louie. But he wrote, been listening to podcasts since episode 28 back when it was audio only. The introduction music was that happy tune with the random guy who introduced the guys and Sims still apologized for cursing while Lefko never interrupted him at all. I'll never forget the story where George Bush walked past Gruden and his GM and went straight to Sims when he came to Tampa Chris and how Sims. Sims got to hear Bush had become president a day earlier than the world uh, when the podcast when he with the president was lifting with right. him. Yes. That I love it. Special moment. It really is. It's something that I will never forget. But J.M. Louie, thanks for that. And then he went on to ask, he's a high school athlete, what is your advice diet-wise and conditioning-wise to get to the next level? Uh, let's see. The, as the, a high schooler. Yeah, as a high schooler. You know, diet-wise. This is a Chris Weber answer. Just do, diet-wise, put, the high school kids put quality there. things in your body. So I'm not necessarily always worried about, oh, how many calories it has fat. It's the quality of that product that you're eating, right? So, yeah. Yeah, I am a big believer in organic foods and organic farm because usually those aren't huge corporations that are trying to turn a profit and go, well, we made $100 billion last year. How can we screw over the all public? Right, get back to high school so, kids. So yes, that would be the main thing, first of all. Just the quality of food. When you're that young, you don't necessarily need to put every protein, carb, and be perfect. Yeah, what about exercising? But exercising, listen, to me, it's a fine line. Exercise... The game of football is about explosions, where I think young players mess up too much as they run 150-yard sprints and 200-yard sprints, and I want to go, 
When's the last time you ran 200 yards in one time in an NFL in a football game? It doesn't happen. It's a game about three and four and five second explosions. So I would say train to be like that. So a lot of jumping, a lot right. of sprinting, a lot of changing No directions. doubt. You might want to get in shape running hundreds and two hundreds, but when it gets closer to the season, you want more 40 Fifty yard sprint in high school. Are you eating multiple meals a day, a lot of meals a day, or big meals? I, I would do more of the big meal thing. The one thing I'll say, young players always mess up with, whether it's high school or college, and they get to the pros and they go, "Oh man, I've been doing something wrong my whole time." Stop trying to be bigger. Don't always be. It's not always about bigger. Everybody in the NFL gets to the NFL and they go, "Man, I'm trying to be faster." I'm. I was a, a 210 pound receiver. I'm trying to get to 195 so I could be quick like Julian Edelman. That's literally how just about everybody is. Speed is more important than strength. Speed or is size. size, right? The, uh, un, not real size. You know what I mean? Like if you're Off big, you're size. big, right? Beach size, right? We don't need that. That's not going to do you any good. Okay, let's go to uh, Twit 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 Twitter. Yes, so many good Twitter questions this week. Thank you to all of our loyal listeners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anthony Roulette at Coach underscore Roulette. How much would it take for you to take a full tilt hit from a padded clowny? You are padded as well. What's funny is the guy tweeted he wrote a Clooney, Clooney, and I was like, George, George Clooney, Clooney, yeah, like, 20 bucks. Yeah, but how much you're wearing I would actually pads. pay for George Clooney to hit me because I would think I would still knock him down. <laughs> but what about Jadavian Clowney? Man, there's a psycho side in the, it's like, damn, I just I might do it for free just to feel it again. I, I used to love those days. I'm really? going to be honest, I think I would do it for five grand. I would do it if you just would come in here on the podcast. They'd be like, sure, I'll suit up it's and good, come good right I, I think I'm going to have to do it for a video eventually, right? Like, it's going to be sponsored by McCormick. It's going to be like, get hit by a guy. And I'm like, fuck, that's my job. This is brought to you by neck braces. All right, next up, Sean Ostrowski at S. Ostrowski. Who is cooler, Jordan Spieth, Sims, or Lefko? Oh, my God. Talk about Jordan Spieth hitting it over a freaking mountain. He's amazing. That Jordan was incredible. We're definitely all, cooler. That, He's that definitely better. That was ridiculous better. that he had 20 minutes to do whatever he wanted. With the open, hey, he's amazing and professional. He's a little annoying to watch playing golf. Uh, I mean, listen, they had to tell him on like hole eleven and twelve, like him and Matt Kuchar. You guys are five yard, five holes behind everybody else. You're slow. I'm yeah. watching TV, and you guys wiggle the putter ninety five times. Like, get the like, yeah. I definitely think I'm cooler than Spieth, but I'll tell you what: the more mass, the more. Uh Big tournaments he majors. wins. Yeah, the more majors he wins, and that bank account, you can do a lot more cool things with a lot. Oh, more he's money. Ne- he's next. I mean, Rory. No, he's now. He. I mean, he he's is, no right. longer next. I just look he's at won it, three majors. Like Rory McIlroy's got to look at him and just be like, "Damn, I wish I didn't go out with that girl and do drugs." Next up, <laughs> Willie True Waves. That's a great Twitter name. Uh, do you see? How do you see Sammy Watkins stacking up with the other wide receivers in the league if he is healthy? And McDermott, disappointment or optimism after season one? Mm. So Sammy Watkins. Sammy Watkins, the question of our time. Yeah, he's he healthy. really is. I, when he's healthy, he's in the classes. He's in the conversation for one of the ten best receivers in football. There's no denying. I mean, there's a reason he was drafted ahead of Odell Beckham Jr. And I when was he's healthy. At, it's just go route over the top. No right. one's staying with there's him nothing, every play. Right. He's got that kind of legit explosion. Um, I mean, I can still remember us doing tapes in New England on DeAndre Hopkins, and the coaches going, "Man, who's the other receiver? I, I like us. I like him." Yeah. And we're like, "Well, he can't come out yet. He's got to wait." And we year. talked. Well, I, I think McDermott's going to be fantastic. I do too. I really. I, the, my biggest complaint with McDermott is just the the offensive coordinator Rick Dennison, who's a good football coach. Don't get me wrong. I just don't think he's a great offensive coordinator. And I think it's a very it's bland, normal you, system. Well, you know what? It's always good to have an okay offensive coordinator your first year, so that you can blame it on him. You're, that's we true. got four more. You want to keep going, yeah. Leon Batchley? I would like you guys to rank all position groups according to their intelligence. I AKA, feel like he's, I feel like Leon's asked this like a million. Who is times. the dumbest position? Yeah, let's just do that one. Who's the dumbest position? D tackles. Oh, yeah, just get the quarterback. 
Yeah, D tackles are the dumbest. Yeah, linebackers at least got to tell everybody where to line up. They're telling where that D tackle to line up. Hey, we're going this way, buddy. <laughs> hey, let me tap you on the ass. You're not in the right place yet. Oh, wait, let me go back there again and tap you again. Hey, stupid fuck, move over. <laughs> uh, yeah, they would win. I mean, yeah, offensive linemen and quarterbacks, I would say, are usually the smartest. D tackles uh, are the dumbest. Yeah. Sorry. Next up, Aaron Siegel Eisman. What is the worst jersey in NFL history? This is great for you because you're a fashionista. I am a fashionista. Well, I mean, Jacksonville is still in the running right now, okay? Jacksonville is horrible. Jacksonville regular or Jacksonville honey gold, mustard? Piss gold. Uh, the piss gold one is the worst I've ever seen in my life. Um, yeah, Jacksonville's uniforms in general. I am a, I am a, I don't know who else. Any other crazy ones out there that you don't like? I'm just trying to think of other ones that are through the years. Um, no, they're really the main one. That they are the me. main ones. I don't. I played for the Tennessee Titans. I think their uniforms are pretty horrible as well. How Next about up? this? I got another breaking news from the BR app. So apparently the Eagles did not cut Allen Barber. They are trading him, this is according to Schefter, to the Broncos for a conditional seventh-round pick. How many times has this happened in the last year? I feel like there's a, we're going to cut you. The paperwork didn't go through. Oh, wait, hold on. No, we're going to trade you. Yeah, because a team like the Broncos, who are probably very high on the waiver or very low on the waiver wire, were like, no, 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 we want him. Yeah, no doubt about it. And it's a weakness of their team. And they've done a good job accumulating players this year yeah. on their offensive line, whether it be mentally Menelik Watson and a few other guys. Next question, Connor Rogers of the Stick to Football hey, podcast. Connor. What was each of your personal favorite moments covering the draft at Bleacher Report? Minus Sims giving a K grade to Aguayo and Lefko's Cardonia. Those are good. Mine is, hmm, there's some good ones. I think Lefko going off on, what, the Chase Daniel thing? Was that Chase? Da- or no, Aaron Murray. Aaron Murray. That was yeah. a good one. Uh, what other? We had some other good draft the ones Derek as well. The Derek Barnett one that just happened was a lot of fun. It was a lot of yeah, fun. Yeah, I was going to say you reacting to Derek Barnett this year was pretty awesome. Um, <laughs> man. That, I, I remember Blake being, Bortles being drafted at number three. I think you know you were you would I had shown you enough film to where you were like, yeah, this guy's not the number three. Pick I remember in the draft. being delusional on the Sundays after the draft, and like you were doing all of the videos, like the the impact oh, yeah. meters, right, and right. I was just I didn't even uh, know where I was. Uh, I know that was torture. It's some of the hardest stuff to do in our job is to do like ten hours in two days of just straight talk, talk, talking about nonsense. Yes. All right. Last question we have: JMR Luna. My question is about race. I love JMR. How different would Kyle? Uh, how different would Kyle Shanahan's career, work, and perception of him be if he was African American? Ooh, that's a real deep question. There. Gosh, I don't even know where to go with this. Listen, there's definitely racism in coaching. Like, my, my, my thing I always think about first is like, you know, okay, I'm Jim Bob Cooter, right? We know he got in a little trouble yep. and snuck into a girl's room, and he's still the offensive coordinator of the Detroit Lions. I don't know any other black coaches that have that rap sheet, nor do I know anybody that had the rap sheet like Major Applewhite, where I'm married and I slept with a teenager that was a trainer, and they gave me a leave of absence, but now I'm the head coach of Houston Cougars. So I don't know any other black coaches that also have that on their resume that became a head coach somewhere down the line. So there, it's definitely a real subject. Um, He'd pr- I don't even know what to say. He'd probably have to wait longer. At, I'll say this. At times, it can happen quicker because everybody's looking like, well, we got to have a black coach in the NFL, and that happens, and you can make the process quicker. But also, more times than not, nine times out of ten, no, the, it's, the Rooney rule is disgraced, and people find ways to cheat it, and they don't give 
it's not even about black people at times. It's about a lot of these organizations have the people they know and the people they trust. And ah, he worked here 10 years ago. He's gone to three different places and he sucked at all of them. But I know him and I'm going to hire him back. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem to me in the coaching world. Uh, it's become very elitist and political. It is. It's tough, and and to know exactly how it would change based on racist stuff. But I think it's an interesting thing to think about. It is. No doubt about it. All right. That was a jam-packed episode. I want to give another credit to uh, Mr. Baker, the president of the Hall of Fame, for coming on and and sharing his time, and I cannot wait for him to break Josh Fendrick's Oh, my God. He might eat Josh. How many Joshes could it take to beat up Baker? That is a good question. (laughs) Probably, yeah, I was going to go double digits. A village of Baker. Uh, I'm just imagining so many Fendricks climbing I can remember a bunch of Josh's being like, oh, we're coming to get you. And he's like typing on <laughs> the computer. I'm going to put you in a dock. I'm going to L2 you. Uh, guys, thank you so much. The iTunes comments have been awesome. Uh, keep sending the comments. Uh, yes, play that funky music, white boy. Uh, for Sims. Peace out, homie. For Fendrick. Good night, everybody. I am Lefko. We will holler back. Keep texting us. Excuse me. Tweeting us, keep commenting on iTunes. We'll be back on Monday with another edition of the Sims and Left Go podcast. Have a good one, guys.